Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. From crypto crash to painfully high inflation to let's start traveling again, to work from home, here to stay. In this episode, I'm sharing the biggest money lessons from 2022, 
my opinion, of course, and how they can help you think differently about your money in 2023. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Welcome back to the show. So excited to have you here for the last episode of this year. This is always one of my favorites to talk about the money lessons from this last year that I've learned and some of the biggest money lessons in 2022 just kind of around the world and and share some real food for thought for next year. So we're just going to keep this episode fun and loose. (laughs) I'm not going to do a lot of editing. So this is just going to be kind of a free for all of of all the thoughts going on in my head about what actually happened this year in money. Before we dive into that, I always pick a word of the year. That's kind of my favorite thing to do. And the word this year was definitely change and healing for me. This was a, a big year of change and healing. A couple of things that happened, I, I moved across country in the end of 2021. So 2022 was just all about getting settled and making a new home and finding friends and buying a bunch of stuff to fill up the home, which of course is always more expensive than you think. And just, I don't know, really stretching myself to be in a new place with new rhythms and new seasons. We moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. So we got winter and spring and fall. And I love all of that. But it's definitely a change for the body and for the mind. And so it's also been a time of balance for me, of really trying to figure out how much can I work? How much do I want to work? What is the vision that I actually have for my life, kind of this new life? And how much money is enough? That is always something that I'm talking about. And anytime somebody comes up to me and wants to talk to me about money, I always ask that same question. What is your number? Like how much is enough for you? Because it's a very deep, complex uh, question to really answer yourself because it it makes you really think about, am I doing what I really want to be doing in my life? Am I spending the time the way I want to spend my time, right? And am I pushing myself so much to make a certain amount of money that like my body's breaking down and my mind's breaking down? Could I be happier with less? Or do I actually want more? Like there's there's all these layers that you have to think about when you think about that question. So if you've never thought about that before, I really encourage you do that for 2023. Like think about what is your number? What is enough? What is the amount of money you need to make to live the life you want to live? 2022 is also about lots of personal and family trauma and just crap that had been piled up for years that we were really moving through. So it was difficult. It was difficult to be married this last year, to be perfectly honest with you. (laughs) We had a lot of really challenging times. This year also brought uh, something new to my plate. It was a panic disorder that I was diagnosed with in May. And I spent most of May and June just laying down in like fetal position, trying to calm myself and What I learned from that was just 
I wasn't taking enough time myself to process through things that had happened to me to like create good rhythms for myself. So I got back to working out and committing to working out every day and committing to uh, doing some mindfulness things when I felt stressed out. Like all the things that I teach you, <laughs> I kind of had to get back and like, you know, reorganize that for myself. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling much better than I did in May and June, but just realizing that everything in life is is a bit of a process. On the other hand, this was the best year for this podcast, Everyone's Talking Money. We reached just over 23 million downloads and listeners in 167 countries. We changed the name of the show in May from Millennial Money to Everyone's Talking Money to just bring on a new vibe about the show to really drop this demographic, to open this up to be a place where hopefully you feel really welcome, no matter your age, your demographic, your income, where you live, that this is a place you can come to where we're really going to talk about all things about money because money touches all aspects of life. And we're going to really lean and dive into this idea of you know, uneffing your relationship with money because that's where I believe change really happens. So I also struggled with uh, perfectionism and comparison issues this year. It's it's really hard to do something publicly and then not get sucked into the negative reviews or comments. I, I, you know, someone once told me that if you believe the negative things, you also have to believe the positive things. And so why not just kind of like split the line down the middle and trust that you're doing what you're supposed to do regardless of what anyone else is saying. But that is a really hard lesson to learn. But I've learned that the negative comments, they won't break me. They won't stop me from doing what I'm here to do. And hopefully, if you experience any of that yourself in what you do and in the life you live, that you can be maybe inspired to kind of lean into that that idea as well. So my word for 2023 is create and create without fear. So I'm hoping that you hold me to this for sure. I am writing my first book and let me tell you, it is quite a process of really working through fear and doubt and all of these um, kind of negative voices that are there to tell me, you know, that my words don't matter and that this book won't be good and nobody will read it. Like all those terrible things, right? (laughs) They're like consistently pulsing through my head. So I'm learning how to stop comparing myself with anyone write the book that I feel I'm supposed to write. And it's going to resonate with you if you want it to. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. But I also want to create better patterns and behaviors and rhythms and intentions for next year because I have some really big, big goals. So I'll be sharing how I'm approaching all of that in the upcoming episodes. But another thing that I really just kind of reaffirmed this year is that I know this matters, but sometimes I get, you know, a little lost myself. So everything that I'm talking to you about are things that I'm actually having to work through myself and that I know other people are too, my friends and and people I used to work with when I was a practicing financial planner. And that is that your relationship with money really matters. But the cool thing is you actually get to have a choice in that. So if you have a really crappy day, where maybe you haven't made the decisions you you want to make or maybe you feel bad about something the beauty is that there is 
a tomorrow, hopefully, cross our fingers, right? We're not guaranteed tomorrow, but let's hope. And you get to actually decide what that day looks like. So I've really been exploring my own relationship with money. What do I want money to look like? What role do I want money to have in my life? And this has been a whole process to me. So this is all the the things that I'm distilling in my book that I'm writing, along with lots of wisdom, of course, and wisdom from other people. But you know, this is something that we just kind of all struggle with. So there was a lot that happened to me personally in 2022, but there was an awful lot that also happened in money in 2022. And I think we need to talk about some of those things. So my biggest lessons that I took away just from the landscape of money this year was that, you know, having a good money mindset really matters in a year like 2022 with so much uncertainty. And when things tighten up, that's when it really pays to know who to turn to for, you know, whatever you want to call them, money, wealth building opportunities, whatever it is, right? So it's all about learning skills, right? Skills will serve you so well, no matter what is happening in the economy, because you can always go into your toolkit, right? And pull out a skill and, um, you know, make it useful in a job, in a a hobby, in your relationship with your money, whatever it might be. I also was just sort of reaffirmed this year that you don't just want to follow the crowd. (laughs) There was actually an article that I read in Wall Street Journal. It was really interesting. It was talking about how everybody was getting into rental real estate market, like specifically around 2020, around the pandemic, right? Because we weren't going to hotels. People were kind of vacationing differently. They wanted to stay in Airbnbs. And so a lot of people rushed out to either renovate, you know, a room or something in their house or buy an additional property and, you know, put that up on Airbnb. But then trends changed this year and people aren't staying in as many Airbnbs. People are actually going back to hotels, going back to that experience. And, you know, there's lots of layers to this too. Airbnb is you know, they charge a lot of fees, right? So you look at the price of what it's going to be and then you go to like book a reservation and you're like, wait a minute, there's like another $250 on there. How did that happen? So people are kind of pushing back a little bit on this idea. Well, what happened is that a lot of these rental real estate properties are just vacant now. So people who used to be reliant on that income coming in every month, it's not consistent now and it's not reliable. So you know, this is just another idea. I just bring up the story because it's just another idea of not following the crowd. You got to really think for yourself. You got to really think out what makes sense. Maybe rental real estate makes total sense for you, right? But you also got to think about, you know, what if, you know, I don't have 100% occupancy or whatever your occupancy rate is on your property. Like, can you actually still pay the bills and make it work? So, you know, you got to really think out these things for yourself. And I know it's really hard because it looks super attractive. I mean, we play with this idea of buying like an old motel and rehabbing it and making it like this cool, funky kind of music vibe and all the things that we would put in it. And then we have space for events. But I'm always like, okay, I need to be super realistic about that because (laughs) that's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed people would come stay there. I mean, there's you know, lots of things could break down. I mean, there's just lots of things to think about. So you just really need to make sure you think out everything. 
Or, you know, don't just invest a certain way because someone on social media tells you they're making, you know, bank on something. You've got to investigate it yourself. You've got to understand it yourself, right? Whatever you're investing in, whatever you choose to use as your method to build wealth, just get some skills, get some learning, get some understanding. There are so many people who've been on this show. There are so many other, you know, podcasts, blogs where you can hear from people Just reach out and connect with them and say, I'm really interested in this, but I don't know if this is right for me. Like do the due diligence. And this year also reminded me and hopefully you that it is just time to do you do your vision for the life you want to live. Find what works, leave the rest and learn and grow your skills. I mean, that is, I think, sound advice that is going to serve you no matter what is happening. Recession, no recession, inflation, no inflation, stock market crazy, stock market night, not crazy, who knows, right? But that is always going to to serve you. So we're going to be talking a lot in January, February, March, kind of the first half in 2023. We're going to really be talking about goals and, and, and things that, that I know you want to do and how do you do them practically and how do you get the right mindset and what do you do when you kind of get knocked sideways and maybe it doesn't work out the way you want it to work. But we're also going to be talking about like really nuanced things, your relationship with money, your mindset, intentions, rhythms, behaviors, feelings around money, all of these things that play a real sort of central character in, you know, your your life with money, right? Your experience with money. But we don't really talk about those things a lot or we don't really think about them. So we're going to be thinking a lot about how do we set up routines and systems and things that just make like the everyday tasks of money be super, super simple for you? So then you can spend time thinking about maybe things that feel a little bit sexier for you, right? Like how do you not get trapped in in your budget and what the numbers say, but how are you also really cognizant of where you're spending your money and you're making you know good choices that really line up with the things you want to do? So all, all of that is very it's complex, right? It's not just easy. It's not just solved in like one podcast episode. So we're going to spend some time really talking about those things because I think those are the things that are going to help your year be amazing. And when you get to the end of 2023, you're going to be like, okay, maybe I didn't get everything on my goal list, but that's okay because I found a way to be in a relationship with money, with my money in a way that no longer like freaked me out, right? I wasn't panicking. I wasn't stressing every time. You're probably going to panic and stress sometimes. That's normal. But where you felt like money was more of a tool, right? I like to think of it like like a, like a river, right? So a river moves, you know, pr- pretty swiftly, right? But it's always in motion. So I like to think about money that way, right? If your relationship is that way, you can always go down to that river, you know, put your hand in in the water and pull out what you need for the life you want, right? But that takes a lot of effort because most of us have like giant boulders <laughs> stuck in our rivers, right? And so the quote unquote money water isn't like flowing the way we want it to be. So we have to really, you know, we have to unlodge that boulder and then we have to think about uh, what do we want from that point? So we're going to be doing all of that fun stuff coming up. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. 
Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, 
savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. So number one money lesson from 2022 was the big old crypto meltdown. We have FTX, a $32 billion exchange for crypto, basically imploding here in the last half of 2022. The CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, he is now charged by the U.S. government with wire fraud, securities fraud, and money laundering. None of those <laughs> are good things to be charged with. And it's really interesting because he basically said the last few weeks, like, I don't have any money. I'm broke. I'm broke. I'm broke. And then somehow he got bailed um, out of jail for a huge amount of money, millions of dollars. So it's really interesting the tangled webs of all of this. But, you know, I never knew how I truly felt about crypto. I was really interested in it in about, I don't know, 2015, 2016. And I thought, hmm, this would be interesting. Let's see what's happened. And then, of course, nothing really happened with crypto. And then, of course, we hit the pandemic and everybody was looking at crypto. And I understand it. You know, this idea of a deregulated currency, an alternative currency, it sounds really good because the the money system, the dollar system we have set up, I don't know. It's like, it is it working? I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's the only currency really we've actually had. But I knew there would be a lot of bumps along the way. And that's kind of an understatement. I think the biggest thing is the lack of regulation. While it's, it's a, Plus, on one side, I see, I see the allure, but on the other hand, if there's something that isn't really regulated, it's like, what's happening with the money? Where is money actually going? Who is actually getting the money? Where did the money from FTX, where did that actually go? Did it just evaporate? Was it actually money to begin with? I don't know. There, there's, you know, there, there's so many different ways we could, we could think about this and there's a lot of talk about Bitcoin really kind of separating itself from crypto in, in 2023 and, you know, in general, really want to stay out of the like wild swings to kind of gain further adoption. Will that happen? Will that not happen? I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting, you know, and then there are questions like, should there be another type of currency apart from the dollar system and banks? We know banks are definitely not perfect. Um, I guess the biggest plus of a bank is that, you know, we have up to $250,000 FDIC insured, but does that, does that matter? What happens if banks collapse? I don't know. Will they actually collapse? I, I don't know, right? There, there are just so many interesting things to think about. So I think when we think about crypto and the crypto meltdown, there's, there's questions to ask yourself. You know, one, how do you feel about risk? Like what risks are okay for you? What can you actually stomach? So let's say you invested, you know, $5,000 in some form of, of crypto and you were on the FTX exchange. 
would you be okay if that evaporated? Obviously, you would be okay if that $5,000 turned into, you know, $25,000. Everybody wants that. That is, you know, the fantastic outcome. But what happens on the other side? And that is an individual question. Some people are completely okay with that. Some people aren't. There isn't a right or wrong. It's just, what can you handle? What can you stomach? And are you putting everything online for something that is, you know, considered alternative? You know, you can, you can always set aside a small amount of your money or portfolio for risk. You just have to be okay with whatever the outcome is. So I think another thing to really think about is like, what role does greed play in money? Like, what are the responsibilities of these, you know, billionaires that we kind of put on these pedestals just because they have a lot of money and they run these companies? Are they, are they allowed to, to do whatever they want? I don't know. You know, it's this real conversation about, about greed and, and how that just sort of, um, it's almost like a put blinders on for some people, right? So at, at what point do billionaires have a responsibility to feed the hungry or solve the healthcare system issues rather than like defraud customers? Not everybody defrauds customers. That's not at all what I'm saying here, right? You get, hopefully you get where I'm going here. It's just like, what role, what role do we have? It doesn't really have anything specifically to do with crypto, but just kind of a tangent that that I'm that I'm thinking about. So I don't think crypto is going to go away altogether, but it's going to need a lot for it to really kind of like come back together because I think that, you know, uh, so many different companies got into crypto and like all of a sudden everybody was accepting Bitcoin or, or crypto and and then all of a sudden they really pulled back from that. And so I don't know, I feel like, you know, we had a guest on the show last year that talked about crypto and Bitcoin and talked about this idea of it needing like a few waves before it actually like caught on. And so there was going to be a lot of risk and that we're still in that that process of that happening. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Another money lesson from 2022 was, okay, the housing market, right? <laughs> so if you were trying to buy or sell in early 2022, you probably had some luck. In fact, if you were trying to sell, you're probably super happy, right? Interest rates were low. There was like a lot of inventory. You could sell for a nice profit. Then somewhere like mid to late 2022, interest rates started to rise to counteract inflation. And the housing market started to change and change like drastically. So I just pulled this like comparison up. I thought this would be interesting to talk about. The average interest rate for a 30-year mortgage is around 7% currently, December 2022. That is compared to 3.2% average in early 2022. So if we do the math, let's say you were buying a $400,000 house with a 7% interest rate, your payment would be $2,662 versus a 3% interest rate and a payment of $1,686. That's a big difference. So just in very simple math, over 30 years, that's over $351,000 in additional payments just with that different of an interest rate. So obviously interest rates really matter. And you know, I know I don't know what's going to happen. I've I've read a lot of articles. Um, I've listened to a lot of interviews that people talk about the housing market in 2023. Obviously, people are going to buy houses, people are going to sell houses. 
it's just not going to be as um, exciting, maybe, of a topic as it has been the last couple of years. And it might be a little painful, especially for people buying a house. You may not be able to buy, you know, a house with as large of a of price as you could have, you know, the last, I don't know, 10 plus years. So it's just going to be different. But, you know, this reminds me really that everything in life, everything with money and the economy is cyclical. And so is the housing market, right? It's going to go through corrections And then in a few years, we'll be back here talking about, you know, an amazing housing market again. I don't think interest rates are going to drop back down. (laughs) I think, you know, they're going to stay pretty steady around where they are. Maybe they might even clip up a little bit. Maybe they might dip a little bit. They're not going back down to 3%. That's just a reality. So rather than fight the reality, just, you know, another money lesson from 2022 might just be, you know, lean into what is and, you know, let it be okay, right? It is, it is what it is, right? It won't stay this way forever. And I always tell people too, you know, your, the value of your house is perfectly amazing and awesome, but it isn't actual reality until you go to try to sell it for that specific price. So, you know, if your house loses a little bit of value, I wouldn't freak out about it. This is this is just kind of what happens, right? Okay, on to three. This is maybe a little bit more fun topic to talk about, that travel is back in a big way. Did you go anywhere amazing this year? I did not. So, um, you know, we moved. It was very expensive in 2021. So we didn't really go anywhere this year. But I'm pretty sure that you might have gone somewhere. And I'm super envious about that. (laughs) It's one of my goals for 2023 is to actually travel again. So I was reading an American Express travel survey, and I thought this was really interesting. They said that 81% of respondents agree that they want to travel to destinations where they can immerse themselves into the local culture. I love that because, you know, it's so important when you go travel somewhere is not just to go to the hotel and the beach and the destination, but also to really experience culture and experience it with like a curiosity. Like how do these people live? What do they do for money? What is their relationship with money? How does business operate? What do the entrepreneurs do? You know, it's really interesting to just kind of dive into all that. It's also found that 81% of respondents agree that they want the money they spend while traveling to go back to the local community. I love that, right? Like let's support these local communities. And lastly, 62% of respondents agree that they want to be more thoughtful about where and how they travel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I hope that you fall into those buckets and you're thinking about 2023 for that for that perspective, right? I think 2022 is really about like getting back out and exploring and having unique experiences, even with COVID and the pandemic, like still, you know, is still out there, right? It's It's still looming. People are still getting sick. This is still a reality that's happening. 
But there were also a lot of listeners that shared that they they did go, you know, maybe a bit over budget on travel because they were like super exuberant about traveling this year. And that makes total sense. So if you if you fall in that category, you're not alone. <laughs> you know, I think this is where like credit card points and cash back can really help when you're thinking about traveling. You know, break down your budget in in 2023. So you have some saved every month. So let's say you want to go on two trips and you estimate it's going to cost like 5,000 bucks. You can start saving like $400 a month now or double that up and then have the full $5,000 saved in six months. Or you could do a half-half strategy. Like let's say you get a tax refund or a bonus at the end of the year, like put half of it towards something that will grow your wealth, like paying down debt or in your retirement account or boosting your high yield savings account or maybe get life insurance, and then take the other half and and do something fun with it, travel with it, like go have an experience, go explore, do something great like that, right? But your credit card points and cash back can really help, you know, minimize your budget, right? So if you're using your credit card to pay for your kind of everyday expenses, what I do at the end of the month is then I pay that off and I get all of the credit card points and cash back and all that good stuff that then I can exchange for part of my travel budget. So it's great. Like even if it knocked out, you know, the cost of your airfare or your hotel stay, that's just less money that you would have to, you know, save for travel and more money you could put towards other things. So I'm really excited to see what 2023 is going to bring with travel and where people are going to go and what the hot destinations are. I think it's going to be really interesting to to watch that. So number four is is work from home. <laughs> you might work from home. I don't know if you love it or you hate it. There's like lots of different camps out there. It's when I talk to my friends, I've got like half of them love it, half of them that are really missing the kind of social experience. So I think it's really interesting to see what's going to happen. But I do think that work from home is here to stay. I was reading an article, it was called Seven Remote Work Trends. And it says that the past two years have been transformative years for remote work, of course, right? Prior to the pandemic, only 6% of employees worked remotely. Now, it's expected to be about 25% of workers that will work remotely by the end of 2023. I actually thought that number might be higher. But then in early 2020, the Pew Research Center reported that 60% of workers want to work from home all or most of the time. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens because you know there were a lot of these companies who obviously invested a lot of money in real estate where you know people would go to the office to work. And obviously 2020 and 2021 really changed all of that. And there were a lot of companies that we're pushing in the early part of the year to have everybody go back to at least, you know, a couple days a week or or go back full time. And employees really pushed hard against that. They were like, no, this has dramatically changed our lives. Like we actually don't want to go back to that. And so these companies had to make some really interesting decisions. Like, do they keep this real estate? Do they let it go? You know, there's a lot of empty uh, commercial property out there because a lot of companies went, okay, fine. You know, we'll just we'll just go back to, we'll just I, I should say we'll just start a new trend of of remote work. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. But it's also going to be really interesting to see what happens with you, what you decide. 
Do you decide that if your company goes back to full time in office, is that something that you want, right? Could you make that different decision for yourself? I think it's going to be really fascinating just to see what 2023 holds. Okay, we got to talk about inflation. (laughs) I know you knew it was coming, but it's this big topic. And, you know, we're, we're talking about this a lot this time of the year because you can't really escape it. Current inflation is around 7.1%, the lowest since December last year. So December last year, it really started to kind of tick up. And, you know, we've been in this inflationary period to try and curb, you know, recession. Will a recession happen in 2023? I don't know. At this point, like, I feel like we're so done talking about it that even if it happens, we're like, oh, okay. I know that sounds really complacent, but I feel like we've talked about it a lot, right? So the highest recorded uh, inflation in modern history was 23.7%. Yikes. That was in 1920. So 7% seems pretty fantastic compared to 23%. I don't know if we would ever get back to that, that time, but that number seems really, really painful. So this year... We saw inflation impact so many things, right? Gas, groceries caused a lot of pain. Gas, particularly depending on where you live. Um, If you lived in any of the big metro areas, that was super expensive. You know, if you go from paying like $3 a gallon for gas to paying like $7 a gallon for gas and you have to travel in your car all the time, it's it's just a lot of extra money, right? And groceries so expensive. Inflation also, you know, impacts interest rates. Interest rates went up. We already talked about this, slowed down the housing market. If you want to buy a car or a house, it's just a lot more expensive. Everything is just more expensive. And so what we find in like an inflationary environment like this, these unevenly rising prices, they reduce the purchasing power of a lot of us, right? And this is the erosion of like real income. That is the the single biggest cost of inflation. Inflation goes up, we can't we can't buy as many things, right? And it just kind of erodes our income because we still have to pay the bills. We still have to go to the grocery store. We still have to go get gas. So inflation also hurts low income communities disproportionately because everything just costs more. So it takes more of your income to pay for everyday items. The plus side, if I can actually I don't know if it's a plus, but we'll just we'll just say it's a plus of higher inflation and higher interest rates is that, you know, savings rates are higher. So the average high yield savings account is now around 3%, which is fantastic. It's still not, you know, higher than inflation. It's still not going to help us a lot, (laughs) but it's something, it's something. So if you don't know what your savings interest rate is, I really want you to check that out because there are still a lot of banks who have really low interest rates on their savings, like 0.03%. That's really low. So this is all about you got to know where your money is at and what it's doing. That's a really important piece of a wealth building mindset is knowing your interest rates, knowing when things go up, when things go down, right? That gives you power. You can make a choice if you decide that your interest rate, your savings account at your bank is is low and you you don't like it, you can make a change, right? 
If you notice that the interest rate on your credit cards is is you know going higher, which it is for almost all our credit cards, you know you could call and ask for an interest rate reduction. Doesn't happen all the time. Maybe I would say seven out of ten times, it's not going to go down to zero. So let's like have good perspective. But if you owe money on your credit card, and let's say it goes from like I don't know twenty five percent interest rate to a thirty percent interest rate. I, that that's a lot more interest you're going to end up paying. Like even if you could get that knocked down from 30 to, I don't know, 27 or 28, it's just something, right? So this is all about like, I think a lot of the lessons from money this year is about really taking ownership of your money, no matter what happens. So we got to talk about the stock market. <laughs> there were some wild swings this year. The sharpest declines were in the first half of this year, but the second half of the year, we saw some gains, so I think there are some some key lessons really in a, a market like this. You know, first is that losses are just paper losses until you need the money for retirement or for something else. So again, we got to kind of keep this perspective. So we don't want to be checking our account every day. Aim for for every quarter, right? I don't want you panicked every time the stock market goes down because when you're in that panic mode, you just don't make good decisions. I mean, there are scientific studies about this. So like, just do yourself a little bit of a favor, particularly if you have 20, 30, 40 years till retirement. These swings right now, they're going to matter, right? But then the grand scheme of things, they're not as bad. So investing takes this mindset and understanding they're going to be these wild swings. But if we look at like a 30-year history, the stock market average return is 10% over 30 years. That's pretty decent average return. It's still better than putting your money under the mattress or in your savings account. So, you know, there isn't a single get rich quick investing opportunity. And if somebody is selling that to you, I want you to be very suspicious, right? Hence all the dialogue around crypto. So many people were talking about how much money they were making. I I understand the fascination of like, well, crap, like I want to make that much money too, right? But there's so many factors, like even if you got in the market at the exact time that, you know, you heard about somebody who had made all this money in crypto, the chances of you actually, you know, striking gold just like they did, it's tough, right? So everything just needs to be like, kind of with a grain of salt. (laughs) The key lesson is that, you know, the market fluctuations, they're an ideal opportunity to invest more. The longer you stay in the market, the higher your reward, and really diversify your money. Like, Don't have all your money in the stock market. Think about things we've also talked about on the show, like how important uh, HSA, health savings accounts are. You know, Buy a house that works for your budget. Don't stretch yourself too much. Maybe investment property is good for you, or maybe you can Airbnb a room in your house or a guest house and you know make some extra cash. Make sure you're on a health insurance plan that works for you. Get a car insurance plan that makes sense. Remember we had somebody on the show um, from Zebra Insurance talking about shopping your car insurance every six months. You could save money every six months. Most of us don't even ever shop our car insurance. So there's just ah, lots of ways to, you know, to think about building wealth other than just whatever money is going up or down in, in your retirement plan, right? Do you have life insurance if you're in a committed relationship or have a child or responsible for someone? Think about that. What about negotiating your cell phone and your internet plans like two times a year? Again, we talked about calling to lower the interest rate on your credit cards. Use reward cards. 
Do all of these, right? What makes sense for you and your goals? But think about wealth from a multi-bucket approach, not from just one bucket. And the last thing I want to talk about, and this isn't really going to end us on a high note, but we got to talk about this, is layoffs. So from like DoorDash to Amazon to Meta to Peloton and Zillow, I think Carvana, I mean, there's so many different companies that had layoffs. This is a big company. They probably had some sort of layoffs this year. A lot of companies really like beefed up staff in the pandemic and with the economy shifting, they're, you know, unloading some of these excess people and kind of preparing themselves for uh, lower revenues, right? So again, just a reminder to beef up your skills and, and start connecting with people again, like make yourself visible and valuable. Connect with people, ask people, who do you know? This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do with my career. Here's where I'm stuck, right? Make those connections. That's where magic happens. This is also where savings comes into play. Having your savings again in a high yield savings account, which just makes your money grow quicker. Uh, You know, you can also use money you put into a Roth IRA, an emergency, any money that you put in, you can take out without penalties and fees. It's just the investment gain that you can't take out, right? So there are a lot of ways to just prep yourself. Even if you think there's no way I'm ever going to get laid off, think about what if, like, could I structure my money in a way that I would be prepared so I, I don't even have to worry if that happens? If it happens, when it happens, I will deal with it then, right? But can I start making the connections? Can I think about where all my money is? Is there any way to, um, you know, cut out things that I that I definitely don't use that I'm spending money on? Is there any way to reroute my my spending in in different ways? This isn't about going on a you know money diet or anything like that, but it's about being more in control of how and where you're spending your money and thinking about it like you are the CEO of your money. That's how I want you to think about things. So 2022, you've been a wild one. <laughs> There's been a lot of money lessons pers- personally and uh, in our in our world. And 2023 is probably going to be wild itself, right? We're going to be talking about lots of maybe these same things when we come back here next year. But I really want you to think about it in any year, even with all the things going on, news and people talking about stock market and inflation and all of these things, those are things that are very much out of your control. I want you to focus on the things that are in your control, how you think about money, your feelings, what happens, what do you do when you get stressed out? What are your behaviors and patterns around money? What is your system that you're setting up for success? Do I know where all my money is? Do I know all my numbers and my interest rates? right? Am I being in charge of what I can do? That is the important lesson to take away from all of this. The rest of it is just noise. So I'm so excited to jump into 2023. I hope that you'll join me for another year of just amazing episodes, amazing things happening. And again, I can't thank you enough for for being on this journey. So I hope you have a safe, amazing New Year's Eve, and I will see you in 2023.